We are back, second week in a row after a big hiatus. It is Wagers, Ragers, your best podcast for prognosticating every NFL game and giving you our tracks of the week at the end of our podcast. Let's go. Last week week was phenomenal. Um, I thought the, the podcast went fantastic. John, I'll let you chime in in a second. Um, I will tell you this, just a quick recap. We had wild card weekend, super wild card weekend, which turned into a crazy weekend because the Buffalo game got moved to Monday. So we had two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, two games on Monday. And I would say probably a mixed bag for me. I I had Cleveland beating Houston. That didn't go well, obviously. Um, I had... Uh, Kansas City covering against Miami, that went well. I had Pittsburgh, which I thought was going to be a game in the snow when there was a nine and a half point spread. And I thought it was going to be a, a nice, you know, uh, back and forth battle, maybe a field goal here, a field goal there, a touchdown here, a touchdown there. But covering that nine and a half, I stuck with Pittsburgh going into game three. Didn't work out so well. They got destroyed by Buffalo and Buffalo moves on to play at home against Kansas City. And my last game, I had Dallas. And you know what? I should know better. Picking Dallas and thinking that they're actually going to cover the line in the playoffs is just a misnomer. It it is such a bad call. Laying seven against Green Bay, they got absolutely smacked against Green Bay. And as the weekend progressed, we moved into Rams-Lions. I love the Lions in this game. Lions covered, uh, or actually, I don't think the Lions did cover. Lions actually only won by a point. Um, I thought they were going to cover this game. They did win. Great story. Lions win their second playoff game in like 60-something years. They won it at home. They're at home again. And then the Eagles. Oh, John, your Eagles. Oh, my goodness. I think both of us talked about this game, and we both felt, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we both felt this was a game that it was probably better to take Tampa Bay and, uh, you know, take the three points that they were given by the Eagles, and it actually worked out. Um, Props, you know, I was probably 50-50 on props. I would say on the... Eagles game, I didn't really have any props on this game. I had I had a, the field goal kickers. I covered on one. I didn't on the other. I thought that uh, DeAndre Swift was going to get the ball more. I would say in retrospect, the coach is probably like thinking, I probably should have run the ball more. I maybe would have had a better chance. I would say in the Green Bay game, covered both my props with Aaron Jones going rushing and rushing and receiving. Uh, and I had it in Jock in Jocko and the Cleveland game, not so good. That was a terrible game in the props. Uh, Mahomes over rushing, Kelsey receiving. I believe I covered on that. Pacheco, I took carries. John, that was yours. I took Pacheco over yards. Great call. Knox, who I he scored a touchdown in like the first quarter, but it was like an eleven-yard touchdown pass. Did not even cover the 13 and a half. Freaking 
terrible. But Josh Allen over rushing, covered on that. And away we go. John, how did you do? I was probably about 50-50. So I'll take that, considering I didn't really lose any money, didn't win any money. But we're going into the divisional weekend, which is probably the best weekend in the NFL when it comes to the playoffs. John, give me a quick recap of how you did last weekend. And uh, let's just dive right into uh, the divisional playoffs. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, I had a, a pretty great uh, betting weekend. I made money last weekend. Put it this way, I had better uh, better luck betting than the Eagles did playing that game. The collapse was completed by the Eagles. Unfortunately, from a betting perspective, we almost saw it coming. Uh, I said that I hope the Eagles could win. I thought they could. But there's no way I could give the advice to take the Eagles. My advice was uh, Tampa Bay. So, Sad end to a season that started out promisingly at 10 and one, but now it's over and we'll see what happens uh, from a coaching perspective. As far as my bets go, I'll just run through them quickly. The past is prologue, but I had a pretty good week. Um, I hit, and it'll be uh, not in any particular order. Uh, I got over on Pacheco rushing attempts over on Mahomes rushing yards, uh, Kansas city minus four and a half Joe Flacco. This was my biggest uh, bet of the weekend. And even though the Browns lost, I cashed on Joe Flacco over passing yards and Joko over uh, receiving yards. Uh, Jake Ferguson in the Dallas game, uh, even though I was wrong on taking Dallas, giving the points, I hit on Jake Ferguson over receiving yards, over Dak rushing, over Isaiah Pacheco anytime touchdown score uh, over on Dak rushing. Uh, I took the Rams plus three. So even though they lost the game, I won the bet. Uh, I got the uh, Cowboys. I live bet them at plus 23 and a half. So I won that one as well. Uh, Jameer Gibbs over receiving Puka Nakua over on receptions. Um, Josh Allen over on rushing. Uh, so overall pretty good weekend with the betting uh, in the super wild card round. Uh, I'm looking to keep it going in the divisional. Yeah. So here we go in, into the divisional round when you are down to eight teams, four games, two on Saturday, Two on Sunday, probably the best eight teams you will see in the NFL coming up. You know, I think every, you know, I shouldn't say everyone, but I think most people think that when you go into the divisional round, these, this is the best weekend of NFL playoff football because next weekend is the NFC and the AFC championship game. So you only have two games, but this weekend you have four. Again, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. It's the best versus the best. You got underdogs versus favorites. So let's see what happens this weekend. There were some upsets last weekend. Houston winning, Green Bay winning. But I don't count any of these teams out. It all begins on Saturday at 4.30 p.m. with Houston at Baltimore. So we have Houston and the last time I checked the line, Houston was getting nine and a half points against Baltimore. I mean, these spreads, at least for uh, the first game on Saturday and the second game on Saturday, when we're talking about the number one seeds playing, both lines right now, both nine and a half points. Those are huge spreads going to a divisional game. Houston is going into Baltimore. The over-under is 43 and a half. These teams played in week one. The score in that game was 25 to 9 Ravens. So we have Stroud, the rookie sensation, 
the rookie sensation who has just taken the world by storm, taken the league by storm, and has played phenomenal. So probably the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, probably the rookie of the year overall, going up against each other, um, just like Lamar was in his first season uh, when he played for Baltimore. When they played against each other, Lamar Jackson had 116 yards, 169 yards passing, 38 yards rushing. But C.J. Stroud still, in his first game of the year, passed for 242 passing yards. D'Amico Ryans, coach of the Houston Texans, is probably going to be also the coach of the year in his first year rookie season as coach. Is this going to end this week against Baltimore? If I had to, if I had to pick the money line, I would say yes. But there are injuries on both sides of the ball. No cornerback for Baltimore in the in the uh, form of Marlon Humphrey out for Baltimore. No, potentially he's questionable. Tight end Mark Andrews, who is the top tight end for Baltimore. Although since he went out and he got injured, Baltimore has been playing very well, even without Mark Andrews. But I know. And everybody knows, watching Baltimore play, that he's usually the number one target for Lamar Jackson. On the other side of the ball with Houston defensive end, Jerry Hughes is out. So we have injuries on both sides of the ball. Houston has a chance. I don't think they're going to win this game. But I do think that Houston is going to cover because that line is nine and a half points. So give me Houston getting nine and a half points. I think this is going to be a three, four, seven point game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, I know the temperatures are going to be cold, something around 20 degrees in Baltimore. But give me Houston uh, and getting nine and a half points. I like them to cover that line. Two quick props. Lamar over 284 rushing and receiving yards, not just passing. 284 and a half rushing and receiving. Minus 115 on DraftKings. And give me the Rutgers University running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Anytime touchdown, plus money, plus 105. Anytime touchdown, give me Gus the bus. John, give me your thoughts. Houston, Baltimore, blowout, close game. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, typically I would say, you know, nine, nine and a half point spread, way too high to give in the playoffs, but I'm going a a different way here. And that's because I think the Baltimore Ravens are just that damn good. I think they're probably the best team in the AFC. Uh, They would be my pick right now to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, And you hit the nail on the head. These two teams played in week one, Baltimore won 25 to nine. Of course, they're both very different teams this year. Houston has been an incredible story this year. CJ Stroud, the youngest quarterback in history to win a playoff game. But I think it all comes crashing down. Uh, to an end here in Baltimore. Again, Houston was at home last week against Cleveland. Uh, This week they have to travel to Baltimore. C.J. Stroud on the road against one of the best teams in the league and one of the best defenses in the league. I think it really comes down to this, Um, and that is Houston doesn't have a great running game. They're going to have to rely on C.J. Stroud's arm. And despite what a great year he's had, they're running into a buzzsaw right here. The Ravens boast the fifth-ranked passing defense in the entire league, and they give up a league-low 5.1 passing yards per attempt to offenses. Again, 
That's the best in the league. I think, well, that's what it comes down to. C.J. Stroud lost one of his big playmakers, Tank Dell, earlier in the year uh, to injury. Uh, and I do not believe that Houston's going to be able to muster the kind of passing offense they would need against this Baltimore defense. So I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm going to give the nine and a half points. Double-digit win for the Ravens at home on two weeks rest, really three weeks rest, um, because they really didn't play out uh, in the last game. Uh, against Houston here. Uh, Baltimore's also getting Kyle, Ham- Kyle Hamilton back from injury. So I love them, love them, love them. It's funny you should mention the tight ends. That's where I'm going as well. Uh, confirmed earlier today, Mark Andrews won't be back for this game. So Isaiah likely filling the role as the number one tight end for Baltimore again this week. Likely over 40 yards receiving in five straight games as the number one tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. Oh yeah, this ain't a great combo for Houston either. Houston allows the most yards to tight ends in the league. And believe it or not, uh, I took Isaiah Likely over on receiving earlier today, 36 and a half on DraftKings. 36 and a half on DraftKings, only minus 125. So I'm taking it all day. So that's what I got. I also kind of like the uh, uh, Lamar Jackson over on rushing. Uh, he's sitting at over 52 and a half. Uh, and that's right, right, right around his average. Um, just over 51 yards a game. So that's what I'll give you for this game. I'll take the Ravens. I'll give the nine and a half. I'll take the um, over on Isaiah likely receiving yards, 36 and a half. Probably my favorite bet of the weekend. All right. So we're going the other way on this game. So the second game lines up the other number one seed from the NFC, which is Green Bay at San Francisco. John, you want to run with this one, and I'll give you my comments on what I think is going to happen in this game. Yeah, sure. A similar story here, San Francisco 49ers, uh, although they had a bit of a low uh, in the early to mid part of the season, uh, while Brock, really while Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy was hurt, uh, he had got his bell rung with what appeared to be a concussion, ended up sort of like playing through it for a little bit. It was kind of an icky situation. He didn't look the same, uh, but eventually they got back on track. And once they did, uh, this San Francisco team has sort of buzzed through the rest of the league. We mentioned that this point spread is also pretty hefty. Niners giving nine and a half to the Packers at home. But here's the thing. The Niners blow teams out. They just do. They would have covered this point spread 12 freaking times this year. And I think they're going to do it again. I think the Niners at home with a long rest, the defense is stacked, healthy, uh, added Javon Hargrave from a year ago. Um, The offense just has a number of weapons between Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. It's nuts. I like the Niners to win this game going away. I think this is a double-digit win. Uh, for them as well. Uh, And again, I'm looking at the tight ends. Um, The Green Bay Packers give up the second highest yards a game to tight ends. So that means I'm looking at uh, George Kittle in this game. Looking for the updated receiving prop here uh, for Mr. Kittle. And that is over 51 and a half receiving yards. I think Kittle can totally nail that. 
Um, uh, his average was 52 and a half. Uh, I think he's going to nail this 51 and a half. So I like George Kittle over on receiving. I also like uh, Christian McCaffrey over on rushing on long rest, long rest here. And this is one of those situations where prop shopping is key. Uh, look at the different sites to see if you can, you can get a better number. Christian McCaffrey on DraftKings has a hefty uh, rushing prop of 92 and a half rushing yards. However, go over to FanDuel. You can buy yourself four yards. His rushing prop over on FanDuel is only 89 and a half. So I'll take the over on the 89 and a half. Lastly, I do have one Green Bay Packer uh, prop for you, and that's Jaden Reed. Jordan Love's uh, favorite receiver here. Jaden Reed prop is only three and a half receptions. Only three and a half receptions at minus 135. Before the, their last game, Jaden Reed was over on four receptions in eight straight games. Uh, so I love um, Jaden Reed to, you know, for the Packers to get Jaden Reed out in space, have for him to have at least four catches in this game again after missing out uh, the last time out. Uh, and I do think the Packers are going to have to be throwing the ball because I do expect San Francisco to get up big and to get up big early and for the Packers to be chasing them the rest of the game. This San Francisco juggernaut, this team that is absolutely blowing out teams left and right, I expect more of the same here. Again, like I said, they covered nine and a half, 12 freaking times. Give me the Niners, giving nine and a half at home. Give me the George Kittle receiving prop over 51 and a half. Give me Christian McCaffrey over 89 and a half rushing yards on FanDuel. And then I will take Jaden Reed over on three and a half reception. Well, my friend, we are going to go the other way again in game number two. Green Bay laying nine and a half with an over under of 50 and a half. And after that spectacular win by Green Bay in Dallas, a team that hadn't lost a game at home in 16 weeks. I got to tell you, I'm going to just keep flying with Green Bay this week. I'll give you my reasons why, but I'm going to take those nine and a half points. I think it's going to be a close game. Jordan Love, 21 touchdowns, one interception in his last nine games. Jordan Love, 16 of 21, 272, three touchdowns, no interceptions at Dallas last week in Cowboy Stadium, where again, they hadn't lost in 16 weeks in a row. Love versus Aaron Rodgers as the last two quarterbacks for Green Bay. Same coaches, same coaching staff, basically. Nick Bosa said, and I quote, Aaron Love follows the coach's um, direction. Love. And that's why he played so well against Dallas. Now, Look, on the other side of the ball, the 49ers are probably the most complete team in the NFL remaining in the playoffs. They are solid on offense, solid on defense, solid on special teams. They picked up Chase Young in the offseason. Um, and, you know, in on paper, they should be an unstoppable team. And they're probably going to win the game. But I think Green Bay is going to keep this close. And if they win, they win. Aaron Jones. He's had more than 100 rushing yards in the last four games, including last weekend against Dallas. But he's never had 100 yards rushing against San Francisco in the last six times they played. But 
the last time they played, he had 129 receiving yards on nine catches and 41 yards rushing. So if you add those numbers up, that's 179, 170, sorry, combined rushing and receiving. But they did lose to the 49ers in the divisional round. Multiple receivers for Green Bay over 100 yards in the last three games. And I'll go down the list. Last week, Romeo Dobbs, 151 yards versus Dallas. Weekend before, Jaden Reed, 112 yards versus the Bears. And our Rutgers University product, Bo Melton, in the second to last week of the year, 105 yards versus Minnesota. Jordan Love, for whatever reason, and maybe Nick Bose is correct. He's following his coaching staff, and he's throwing the ball around to multiple receivers, and he's picking out you know, who he can find as the top receiver that weekend. I just can't see that Green Bay is going to lose this game um, by double digits. So give me Green Bay um, getting nine and a half points. I, I will tell you this. Both kickers for Green Bay and San Francisco both suck. They've missed extra points left and right. And maybe it comes down to the kicking game where they miss field goals. They miss extra points. So I think it might be a close game. I really do feel that way. So give me Green Bay getting nine and a half points. I'm going, you know, maybe not the typical or the uh, uh, popular line, but I'm taking both underdogs in the first two games on Saturday. Two quick props. McCaffrey, I looked at his rushing and receiving total, over 130 yards. I think it was 130 and a half. But his receiving prop is only 32 and a half. He's great out of the backfield. Give me McCaffrey, over 32 and a half receiving yards, minus 110 on DraftKings. And I'm going with an under, because I think Green Bay, even though their defense is not that great, under 264 and a half passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. So that's what I got on Green Bay, San Francisco. And now we move on to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. John, I'm going to kick it off with Tampa Bay at Detroit. Lions laying six. Can you believe the Lions are laying six points in the playoffs? I mean, they haven't been to the playoffs in forever. I get it that they won last weekend, but they only won by a point. Uh, Over-under is 49.5 points. At Detroit, Lions' first playoff game win in the last 32 years. And I think it's like their second home playoff game in a row in probably 60-something years. Jared Goff versus the Rams. uh, First 10 of his passes were complete. At the end of the day, he finished 22 of 27 for 277 and a touchdown. But on the other side of the ball, Baker Mayfield, who everybody wrote off, didn't think he was going to do anything, ended up playing a great game against your Philadelphia Eagles for the season, 4,044 yards, 28 touchdowns, which is, I mean, well, I know it's definitely his best season ever, but he played a phenomenal game last weekend. I think he might have had three touchdowns. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but – he played a phenomenal game. I think, though, that the Baker Mayfield situation ends this week. Um, they're going up against Aiden Hutchinson, 
Yaya uh, uh, Darby, who led the team with seven and a half sacks. I probably pronounced his last name wrong. Um, but the the Detroit defense is has played lights out, and I can't see uh, Tampa Bay um, staying in this game. I know it's a lot of points to give the Detroit Lions. This is their second playoff game in a row. They haven't been to the playoffs forever. But I do like in this game the Lions laying the six points, winning this game by a touchdown, probably by ten points. I think the uh, the bloom comes off the rose for Tampa Bay this week. They played earlier, and Jared Goff had 353 yards passing, two touchdowns, with a 20-6 to win versus Tampa Bay. Mayfield was uh, 19 for 37 for 206 and one interception. So give me the Lions laying the six points. I like them in this game. I have two quick props. One's a team prop. One is a field goal prop. I like Detroit in the first half. Laying three and a half points. So right now it's minus 102 on DraftKings. Give me them to cover the first half line at, at minus three at, at 3.5. And the field goal kicker for Tampa Bay, Chase McLaughlin, because I don't think they're going to be scoring touchdowns. Give me the, him over one and a half field goals. Extra juice, minus 130 on DraftKings. So give me the field goal kicker for Tampa Bay and give me the Lions to cover the first half line. John, what do you think on this game? Are you going the other way? No, we're finally in agreement here. I like the Lions at home giving the six. Uh, I know they just barely beat the um, lowest seed in the NFC playoffs uh, last week, but I think they got some juice going here. I think that Detroit uh, crowd is is, is going to be going nuts, and I just don't think the Bucks are that good. Um, I know they were the division winners, but they barely got in on the last game of the season. Yes, the Bucks looked good last week, but it was against my hapless Eagles who have absolutely fallen apart at the end of the year. Uh, there was just a team playing without a soul. I don't think the Buccaneers are a good team. I think they're going to go up to, to Detroit. Uh, they might keep it close within a score, but I like Detroit to win the game. I think they've got the better defense. They've got the better offense. They're the better team. Uh, I think Detroit wins. Given the six, I'm good with it. Uh, and you mentioned Goff uh, and his uh, passing. I think he's going to tear up this Tampa Bay passing defense. Um, I like Goff over on passing yards. I think it's 278.5. Crept up, crept up a little bit higher than I would like it, but I'll still take it at 278.5 on DraftKings. Uh, he's been over 270 yards in four of his last five games, over in four out of, out of his last five home games. And when he played the Buccaneers earlier in the season, he dropped 353 on them, and that was in Tampa Bay. Detroit's even better at home. I think Goff is going to have a great game here at home uh, against Tampa Bay, so I like him over on his passing yards. And if he's going to be have success throwing the ball, he's going to have success throwing to Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god, who I gave you in our Dynasty League draft multiple years ago because you were having technical difficulties, and I had to, I had to draft. I hope I've got the right uh, league. <laughs> had to draft for you and drafted the guy that I thought was the right pick, even though I picked right behind you. I was true to my word. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun, the sun god. His prop is nuts. It is, what is it, 91 and a half, I think, on DraftKings. Doesn't matter. I'm all over it anyway. Just double-checking that right now. 
91 and a half at minus 125. That's okay. You know why? Because he's crazy. He's been over 95 yards in seven out of his eight last home games. He averaged 95 for the year. But I'll say the home game stat again one more time because it's important. So it's not as if he's got like eight ridiculous games and eight terrible games. Yes, he's averaged 95 yards receiving a game for the year. But at home, he's been over 95 clean in each of seven out of his last eight home games. He's got over 90 in four straight games. He's going to eat. He's going to eat and chow down in this game on Sunday. So give me Detroit, give him the six. Give me over on Jared Groff passing and give me over ASB over receiving. I love it. I was looking at uh, the Sun God's uh, receiving yardage as well, and I will probably now go with it after your lovely analysis on how he does at home. So we head into probably, and I don't know if they lined this up this way, probably what should be the best game of the weekend, which is Sunday at 6 o'clock or 6.30, which is another rematch again in the playoffs, which is Kansas City now not at home, but going to Buffalo with Buffalo laying two and a half points over under is 45 and a half. Weather looks like it might be cold, but no snow. John, take us through this game. Give me what you think. I'll tell you what I think in this game. And I've been going back and forth. So I may switch based upon what you tell me your thoughts are on this game. Hey, man, I get it. This is a tough one because as soon as I saw the line, I'm like, Kansas City getting points in the playoffs? Give me the Chiefs. And they are getting two and a half on the road at Buffalo. Uh, But the more I thought about it, I've, I've been having a tough time. Uh, going back and forth here. So I'll start with my conclusion here. I'm going to stick with my gut reaction, and I'm going to take the Chiefs. So I'm like, all right, the Chiefs getting points in the playoffs. Um, that's what I got to go with. But I think this is how I see the the uh, the game playing out. The funny thing is the strengths of the Chiefs, teams, the Chiefs team this year is, of course, Patrick Mahomes, uh, who's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But then after Mahomes, it's the defense. The Kansas City defense has been bonkers this year, have absolutely held down opposing offenses. Uh, But I sort of doubt the Chiefs' ability to come back like they've been able to do in the past. So if Buffalo does get up by a couple of scores in this game, like uh, they might be able to put the, 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 uh, the game out of reach. But I'm looking for Kansas City to keep it close. Recall that these two teams played on a neutral field earlier in the year in Germany. Uh, Kansas City made it a defensive struggle and were, and were able to hold on and win the game. So that, that's what I'm calling for here. So I'll take the Chiefs plus the two and a half. Uh, remember that Mahomes, you know, a lot has been made this uh, uh, this week about this being Mahomes' first road playoff game. But let's not forget. He's played in three Super Bowls, too, which not true road games are still not home games either. So he's played in big stakes games and been successful on the road. Uh, also, he's 38 and 11 all time on the road as well. Uh, the best the best road record of any quarterback at his age in history. So I'll take the Chiefs. Give me uh, the Chiefs plus the two and a half. Uh, as far as the props go, uh, I'm going to. 
go again with uh, one that I had success with last week. So last week, I hit in two different games on Mahomes over on rushing and Allen over on rushing. I'm not taking Mahomes over on rushing again. It was actually pretty high last week. I think it was like 26 and a half or something like that, and he hit it. This week, it's even higher because he had such a good game on the ground last week. It's up to 29 and a half. Too rich for my blood. Um, it, could he hit it? Sure, but I don't think that's a great bet. Josh Allen was over on 38 and a half rushing yards last week. It, that bumped him up to 41 and a half this uh week but i'll take the allen over on rushing because i think he's more apt to take off pick up the team on his back and try to carry them and allen just does this he does this in the playoffs i think i mentioned this last week he would have been over on this number three out of his last five playoff games four out of his last six playoff games so give me josh allen over on 41 and a half rushing yards uh, another one that i kind of liked uh Last week, I did not take it. Uh, you did, I believe. I did not. Uh, but one thing I was interested in was the Travis Kelsey receiving yards. Problem. And that's because since he did have such a down year uh, this year, uh, I think it was down to like 57 and a half or 54 and a half, something crazy. When we're used to seeing Travis Kelsey props like 82 and a half, 84 and a half, crazy craziness. So I was interested this week after he clocked 71 receiving yards last week to hit that prop, how much his receiving yardage line would have gone up this week. And it has gone up, but it's still not terrible. It's over 61 and a half. And I think if the Chiefs are going to win this game, I think Kelsey's going to have to have a big game. I think Mahomes will be looking for him early and often, and I think he'll hit this 61 and a half. Um, last one I got for you, I'm interested in the rushing attempts for both running backs. Um, for uh, James Cook and Isaiah Pacheco, it's 14, 14 and a half for both uh, of these running backs. Uh, a really great number for both. I think Pacheco was over this last week. I hit on the over for rushing attempts for him la uh, last week. Um, nobody ran the ball in the last five games of the year more than the Buffalo Bills did in the entire league. James Cook had a huge part of that. I don't expect the, the Bills to... To, to go away from that strategy. I expect them to continue to run the ball heavily. And I think that's going to mean Josh Allen's going to get over his over on rushing yards and that James Cook's going to get over on his rushing attempts number. Oh, well, one more thing. The one thing I was trying to think of was Gabe Davis is out for the game, I believe with injury. So that I think that means Buffalo is going to rely on the rushing game even more, but that's what I've got Buffalo to try to run the ball, not an explosive game, so I think Kansas City can either keep it within a score or get like an early lead and let their defense play to their strength. So I'll take Kansas City getting the two and a half on the road. It'd be great if that nudged up to three, but I don't think it's going to, not with Mahomes on the other side. And then for props, I'll take on the Buffalo side, Josh Allen over on rushing yards. I'll take James Cook over on rushing attempts. And then on the Kansas City side, give me Pacheco, are you over on rushing attempts it's nice to be able to cheer for Pacheco for once. Well, my friend, I am going the other way. Uh, to me, this is the ultimate matchup. Uh, last time they matched up, I believe, was in 2021 in the divisional round. Game, I believe, was in Kansas City. They played this year. Well, they played this year during the regular season. Uh, 
I got you. My bad. In the playoffs, the last time they matched up was the 2021 divisional round. And it was a 42-36 victory by Kansas City in overtime. Now, why was it only a six-point uh, spread there? It's because this was the infamous 13-second game where Buffalo gave Pat Mahomes 13 seconds to go down the field, right down the field, scored a touchdown, one by six. You don't kick the extra point when you're in overtime. This is the meeting they've met for the third time now in four years in the divisional round. In 2020, 2021, they played in Kansas City. They are finally playing in Buffalo. And to me, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm taking Buffalo. I'm laying the two and a half points. If it was three, I don't know. I'd probably still take Buffalo and it'd probably be a push at the end of the day. But I think Buffalo wins this game by three points. Buffalo won in Kansas City last month to win the tiebreaker. They've had six straight victories in the regular season. And now they had a win uh, last week uh, in the playoffs. Um, but on the other side of the ball, Rasheed Rice, I mean, the guy had a phenomenal game for Kansas City, especially given the fact that their receivers have been terrible all season long. And I don't think Rasheed Rice had a drop all game long. Can he repeat that? I don't know. We shall see. But I, I still think Buffalo, despite the fact that they're depleted on defense, no Matt Milano, they lost their nickelback, Teron Johnson. They lost their cornerback, Christian um, Benford. But despite the fact that Kansas City's defense is probably the best defense they've had this season, I still like Buffalo at home uh, in this game. Finally playing Kansas City at home, laying two and a half with an over-under 45 and a half, which I'm going to stay away from. Now, the difference for Kansas City on offense this year is red zone touchdown percentage. This year, 52% touchdown percentage for Kansas City versus 71% in years past. And I think that's going to continue. And I like Buffalo in this game laying the two and a half points. Uh, and that's just the way I, I, I see it. Uh, I don't think Kansas City is as, as explosive on offense. Their receivers are not great. Rasheed Rice had a great game. Last weekend, Isaiah Pacheco is a beast out of our alma mater, Rutgers University. Is he going to have a good game? Probably. Um, but I see on the other side of the ball that uh, James Cook is going to have a good a good game for Buffalo. And I like Buffalo to pull this game out win by at least three points, and move on to the AFC Championship game. I only have one prop in this game, which I really like. I, I am leaning uh, in the direction for Travis Kelsey, but my one prop, and I know you don't like it, but I like Mahomes rushing over 29.5 rush yards at minus 105 on DraftKings. That's my only prop in this game. I am thinking about Kelsey. Did pull it off last week, I believe. Isaiah Pacheco killed it for me last week with attempts, which was your prop, and I also took him on yards. So I'm going to think about that one as well. But my only prop right now is Mahomes rushing over 29.5 rushing yards at minus 105. All right, tracks of the week. Last week, you started off with the greatest duo DJ glitch matrix. I am going to go back in time a little bit back to the days of probably the best nightclub 
ever. And that is the Sound Factory in New York City, where you and I both live a stone's throw away from, and have, we were patrons of that place year after year, month after month, weekend after weekend on Saturdays with Jonathan Peters. My track is Wonder. I Wonder by Nomad, the Jonathan Peters Mahashihi, not Mahash, not Mahashimi, but Mahashimi remix of I Wonder by Nomad. I heard that song, that track, probably a million times in the factory, and I still listen to it a million times. So I'm going back in time to the sound factory. I'm going back in time for Buffalo to probably make it to the Super Bowl since the mid to late 90s. So I'm going with Nomad, I wonder, as my track of the week. I think I'm going to switch gears here a little bit, but I'm going to take, I'm going to follow your lead and go with the Jonathan Peters track from back in the day. Uh, part of that was I saw some videos from about a week or two ago that Jonathan Peters had a Sound Factory Classics night down in Atlantic City that sold out. Um, and I saw some video from it, uh, and it was pretty, pretty cool. Got me thinking of some of the old days, thinking a little bit wistful. I'll go a little bit different direction here, though. I'll take Jonathan Peters, Divine, Lately. Uh, just a great house song. Uh, Divine was a female vocalist group. Uh, great song. I have it on vinyl. Uh, Jonathan Peters did a great job with the remix. It's like 11 minutes long. Uh, and actually, Divine performed live at a Jonathan Peters birthday party at Sound Factory that I was there for live. So that's my track of the week. Jonathan Peters remix of Divine. and Sound Factory. So, this concludes the Divisional Weekend podcast for Wagers Ragers. We will see you next weekend for Championship Weekend in both the NFC and AFC. And as always, may your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. See you next week. Good luck with everything and make sure you listen to our advice. Can't go wrong. Adios. Later.